Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. How's 2020 doing, folks? Well, my name, if you're new here, is AJ Cairns, and I'm proud to be your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different. I was introduced to our next guest by two of our alumni, Daniel Birch and Mr. Earl Holloway. DF Birch and Funny Bone Stuff on Instagram, doing some great stuff for for Alewife, Barrier, KCBC. But enough about those folks. We'll give them some credit throughout the episode. But this week's episode is featuring Rimey herself. You may know Rimey from the work that she's done with Rockaway Brewing Company. You can follow along with her on Instagram, on the IG, Rimey, R-Y-M-I-E. And if you want to deep dive from there, you can follow along follow along with her her website. You can go to lauren-rymer, R-Y-M-E-R.com. You can see all sorts of stuff. Old souls sticking to a new script, and it is a very good script that we can't wait to share with you. So 2020 is off to a great start. We are in the midst of dryuary, which we may or may not be finishing strong. There's a few things coming up, some life-changing events that are on the docket that are kind of uh, waiting to happen in the next day or two, some, uh, I don't know, some lawyers involved, some contracts hopefully waiting to get signed. We'll see what happens, but um, yeah, it's on the, on the personal front. We'll keep you updated with that, but may need to pop a couple of bottles and celebrate that if that happens sooner than later. Nothing personal. Nothing, nothing personal that dry wear. But we are excited for a great year. We're excited to continue uh, season 13. We have some great episodes lined up and some great interviews that we've been doing uh, recently. So the year's off to a great start. Remember, you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas. We are the art of craft beer podcast. 16ozcanvas.com. 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We keep that shit consistent. And like we said, this was a recommendation, so please use the hashtag tic-tac-toe, pound sign, whatever it is that you're doing. We see you out there. We love you. The community is continuing to grow, and we love the recommendations. We love being turned on to new artists, designers, and just unique unique individuals. And uh, Rimey's a really positive force. You know, really enjoyed speaking with her, really enjoyed hearing about her story, how she came to, to team up with them, you know, the work she's doing with murals, and just kind of... Uh, how she comes from a right brain family, kind of uh, keeping the family traditions of being creative. Some, we're not going to spoil it for you, a really unique story about you know her grandparents. And uh, yeah, we just uh, learned, we got turned on to some new music. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be another banger for us. So why don't we just get into it, right? So again, Rimey, R-Y-M-I-E is on Instagram. And again, we'll give, uh, we'll give some credit, you know, as, as should be done to uh, Rockaway Brewing Company. You can follow along with them on IG as well, Rockaway Brew Co. And then you can go to rockawaybrewco.com and just the fam over there at Rockaway. We look forward to visiting you in the near future and having a few, uh, few of the brews and uh, just catching up and making some new friends in 3D. And hey, one last thing we like to be approachable, we like to keep in touch. AJ is my name. At 16ozcanvas.com is my email. Yeah, if that's your thing or shoot us a message, let us know what you're enjoying. We really appreciate all the recommendations and the sharing and the, you know, hey, 
hey, man, we heard your podcast from so-and-so, or, hey, you know, a friend told me about it, or just, uh, you know, just the, the positivity in the community that we continue to build each and every week. We do have some folks who don't know it's a podcast, and I guess if they don't know it's a podcast, they won't be hearing me say this, but we probably get that uh, several times a month. It uh, continues to grow a little more and more. Yeah, we'll, we'll converse back and forth, get some nice feedback, and then I'll say, oh, really, really appreciate it. You know, and uh, mention the podcast and he's kind of, oh, it's a podcast. So if you don't know it's a podcast, the reality is you're probably not listening to this. But spread the word, share, like, retweet, leave a comment, leave a rating. But without further ado, let's get into it. Episode 142. That is not a prime number. You can divide that by two. So right there, you just know it's not a prime number. But let's get right into it. Episode 142, Season 13, 16-ounce canvas, Rimey herself, Rockaway Bruco. Nothing more needs to be said. Sit back, relax. Once again, happy 2020. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us, kicking off our 2020 Season 13, we have Lauren Reimer, Rimey checking in from Greenpoint, Brooklyn. We came to actually, Rimey, I don't know if we told you, we got recommended uh, you from some of your, your friends and fans. Uh, Dan and Earl were uh, are big supporters of your work. And, you know, they said, you know, if you are talked to us, you should have already talked to Rimey. And so they kind of put me on notice. And we've been uh, <laughs> we've been shaking you down to, to be a part of it ever since. So I want to thank you for, for, for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, those guys are really great for shouting me out like that and sort of pushing pushing you maybe a little bit uh to reach out but um yeah we're actually in a a shared dm on instagram that i i unfortunately don't get back to them enough at the pace that they go but uh it's a really cute little like um behind the scenes back and forth between the three of us because i don't know it's sometimes it's hard to find a community that is doing the same exact thing that you're doing and uh those two are awesome well, now you got to pass each other work too. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, we were on a, a radio program together, and we were just you know having uh, several adult beverages, and uh, yeah, just kind of. <laughs> and it, that's my best part. It recommend artist recommendations are my favorite because a it makes my job a lot easier, and it's, um, but it's just kind of uh, the, it's really genuine, and we, yeah, we're really lucky to to have that uh, happen a lot more often, especially in the last like year or so. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, Earl, I, I am so like in awe of everything that he's done for KCBC and just like the breadth of his work. He never seems to get bored either. I'm like, I've only been doing um, these one-off cans for Rockaway for maybe a year and a half, maybe two. And I'm already like, okay, so eight by five, what can I do in this canvas that's a little bit different than last time? Yeah. But, yeah, he find, yeah, yeah, he's really a good storyteller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. I am so excited. Now, folks at home, you, you got to follow along. Rimey on Instagram, R-Y-M-I-E, short and sweet. And then you go to Lauren-Rimer, R-Y-M-E-R.com. You can kind of see the full the full portfolio of her work. Not only can labels, but murals and, you know, a lot of other, you know, line drawings and just uh, a lot of creativity happening. It's just a good experience to, to follow along. 
I think, uh, yeah, it's just nice to be able to, it makes my, makes my life a lot easier. And I I just love looking at everybody's process. And like you were saying, everybody's got that same canvas, uh, pun intended. And (laughs) everyone chooses to kind of explore it and and do it in different ways using a lot of the, a lot of the same tools. So that's always been the, the, the joy of it is we could all have the same brief or same idea shared to us and where, where, where it ends up coming is always completely different. Yeah, and I mean, it's blown up too. Like, I mean, I think that they're like what records or vinyl labels were, vinyl CD covers or all those things in the in the music industry are now what's happening in the craft beer industry. It's like people are buying beer just for the can art now. I know. Someone should start a podcast. Someone should start a podcast about that. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> that was my idea. I was like, man, people are, I bet you, I mean, People are buying beer because it looks cool. I mean, I've seen when people buy clothes because they think it looks, you know what I mean? It's just like people buy things that completely for, you know, right out of the front label, but then the beer has to be good. So it's like the we always say you can get the person to buy it once, but no matter how much they love your work, they're not going to come back and if the beer's shitty. So that's, it puts, you know, it gives a, it gets you that first date, gets you that swipe, and then it's like you got you to gotta come through. <laughs> Totally. <clears throat> I'm so, fortunate that uh, I like all the beer coming out of Rockaway, and I think uh, I'm happy to represent it with the uh, illustrations that I can and that they keep letting me do. <laughs> hell yeah. And um, as a teaser, we're going to talk more about Rhyming now, but uh, we're talking about Rockaway Brewing Company. You can follow them along, Rockaway Brew Co. on Instagram or rockawaybrewco.com. Teaser for a little bit later in the episode. But Rhyme, uh, what's your kind of, uh, you know, what's your creative path? How did you kind of find your, your calling in art? And uh, this is really where you, you talk about yourself a little more than you're probably used to. Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess, uh, I mean, I come from a family of right brain thinkers for sure. Um, my immediate family, my sister is an amazing animator and like, co-collaborator I'm sure at some point we will probably open up a studio where we kind of do everything for everyone but um she actually just graduated and I'm super proud of her but um beyond that my dad's parents were both his mom was a painter and his dad was a photographer and they actually met in World War II uh, which is super cool because my grandmother was like one of the first female fighter pilots that just happened to be an amazing painter so after the war they like hooked up, got together, had some kids. And uh, yeah, I learned to paint from her. And she was, it was just like an incredible asset to have as a child. Um, But I was, um, the other thing too, is I found myself in high school, uh, towards the end of high school, I was just like, I don't, I'm no more, I'm not interested in books at all. Like I'm spending every free moment in the art room. That's really where I found my like, community of people in the space where I like oh I'm actually good at this and I'm going to keep going forward with this and see what happens Um, yeah I just didn't want to do anything (laughs) academic and now I'm like realizing how important my academic path was to inform my work but uh when I was those you know when you're a crazy teenager running around you just kind of like really lean into what you're good at and what you want to do and where your friends are. So, um, yeah. And then almost 80% of my graduating class, 
I grew up in Northern Virginia. Um, and uh, about 80% was going to VCU in Richmond, um, which also has an amazing arts program, but I just was, I can't be in school with the same people I've been in school with for my entire life. I gotta go see what else is out there. Uh, and I went to one of the Pratt campus tours, like when you're like seeing we're gonna apply and, and all that with my parents. I don't remember if my mom took me or my dad, doesn't really matter, but um, I do remember a very specific talk that was being held in the communications arts program. Um, yeah, shout out ComD, Pratt. Uh, they, the head of the department was saying that in ComD, they really don't silo you into one area. So if you're, if you're someone that comes from like a fine art background, but you want to do packaging design or merch or advertising illustrations, like you can do all of that here. So that was extremely instrumental in, in like my process and where I came to be in New York. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> I mean, that's the amazing story. World War II fighter pilot slash painter. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, we, we get people who have weird uh, side hustles, but being uh, one of the first female fighter pilots, I think that's in and of itself is, is, is legendary. And then the idea that she's, she's a you know foundation for your, your you know, painting and drawing is, is wonderful. Yeah, she also encouraged us to do things that weren't just um, on paper or canvas. She was like, I remember very distinctly my sister and I learning how to do stained glass um, oh, wow. one summer with her, which is incredible too, to like think about like letting an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old <laughs> just like break glass and put it together and start welding shit. But um, yeah, building was also something I was really interested in. And I think if I ever went back to school, oh God, can't even imagine doing it, but... <laughs> I ever did I would do um an industrial design major because I think building stuff with your hands is also really important and just just think three-dimensionally too um I think that's also why I like painting murals it's still two-dimensional if you think about it but the scale at which it, it lives and uh the way that we interact with it is it's almost like environmental design or industrial design so Right, because yeah, what I've learned is right. You could have this flat design, your two dimensional design, but the wall is is not going to just be flat. You know, there's going to be textures, and there's going to be cracks, and there's going to be lines that you don't necessarily see from a, a distance that causes you that impacts how you, you know, lay it out and kind of uh, attack the wall. So it's uh, yeah, it's been really interesting. I mean, murals is one of my. I'm always stopping or driving just to take pictures and look. At, you know, that's always mm -hmm. there's so many now murals which i think is a wonderful thing is just there's these these real life kind of uh, neighborhood canvases that people are able to explore and it's one of the things that we're trying to figure a way to get more involved in so yeah it's, it's i i agree oh absolutely i'm actually working on and when i say working on it's been like four months of working on it but um my second one for rockway brewing company uh mural that is and it's on the exterior of the building. And this is like an old uh, meatpacking building in Long Island City. And the brick on the outside is just kicking my ass. It's taking, it's like my brushes are taking such a beating. But I am so determined to finish it and to be the sole painter of it because it's just like kind of part of my personality that 
I'm, I'm chipping away at it. But yeah, the wall has a life of its own, really. That's I never thought of that. Like the textures of the wall, it's like literally of the wall, how that would impact the brushes and the strokes. Yeah, that's. So has that been a process trying to figure out which brushes to use or like going through, like which ones will last longer? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, my original idea was that I would spray the whole um, mural this time around, but it spans the, the length of the building and turns a corner. And to purchase that much uh, spray paint, I was just like, well, we have gallons and gallons of paint from previous projects and from our lovely neighbors at Conduit uh, that it just doesn't make monetary sense to spray paint this. So yeah, finding brushes that are actually like really like almost plasticky and hard or brushes that have been, uh, you know, have lived a really long life and are maybe even like have dried paint in them have been really helpful for getting into all the grooves of like this old brick, which I never could have uh, anticipated going into this. But yeah. So what is the, what is the piece? What are, what, are you, what, are you, what are you working on for the folks like myself who haven't been there? Um, so it's like a very colorful grid-based um, mural that has, I mean, I tried to stick to like, like a good eight colors to do throughout. And so there'd be these squares of color and inside each square, there's a little illustration that sort of connects to the brewery and to the brand. Um, and then to just Long Island City as a community, because getting to know like what that is and the, and the history of that place has been another like super positive thing about Rockaway. Now, but yeah, I actually posted a few pictures on my Instagram. Okay, cool. Again, folks, that's Rymey, R-Y-M-I-E on Instagram, lauren-rymer.com. You can follow along and see some of the adventures. And that's, yeah, I do appreciate um Lisa, yeah, the the process, and so when when folks show things that aren't just completely finalized, and see the the process or the early sketch work is really uh, is really appreciative. So I, I'm a, that's that's one of my favorite parts of the whole whole thing. It's different. Everyone chooses again. Even the Instagram folks choose how they're going to display their work differently. Some folks are just finalized pieces, <clears throat> but yeah. those who show comps and you know sketches or they get a little gold star. I'm a big fan. I, I like to use the stories for that, actually. I think it's a really good way. Because if you make a highlight in your stories, um, I think I have one that says walls or something, and that's murals that I've done. And, and and that way I feel like I'm putting it out there and I'm keeping people up to date on what's going on, but I don't have to edit the photos or feel like it's finished. And, uh, yeah, I think part of the process of doing a mural is interacting with people, even just as they're walking by and they're, like, really interested in what you're doing. Uh, you know, even when I have my noise canceling headphones on and I'm heavy into a podcast or uh, an album, I'm happy to talk to anyone that comes up and is interested in what what we're doing. Yeah, it's uh, it, the fact that you're outside and everyone can watch you as it happens. Where you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's got to be stressful. Yeah, but it's like a perfect kind of stress. I think right. that murals is almost a meditative once you get into a place where you're like okay i know what's going up right in this space and here's how i'm going to do it uh it's just like meditative for me now do you what is the what is the process there do you have some sort of high level sketch do you use a projector what do you, how are you doing how are you creating like how are you getting the 
the idea to be on such a large scale? Um, that's a great question. I, this particular mural, I'm definitely, I projected it. I had a very, um, thought out finalized sketch ready to go. But I've also found that like, even that the projector can be on an angle or, you know, like there's places that you actually can't project into with this. This wall has like divots coming out of it and uh, sections of the wall that are um, raised off of it. So there's corners and things, but um, yeah, I've used a projector. I've, I've also done interior murals where I'll just literally start. I'll just, I mean, I have a basic idea of what I want to do in terms of color and shape, but I just take the roller and just start and then build off of it. Wow, and those I are actually that, the yeah. most rewarding to me. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like a page in your sketchbook that you've turned into <laughs> like a large-scale thing that someone's going to interact with. Um, and you have to, I have to be lucky enough to have a client that's trusting of me to do that, right? So it's like, I can kind of tell you what it's going to look like, but you could also just wait and be surprised. You're like, I will be surprised with you. It's going to, yeah, I'll let here. Exactly. <laughs> Now, and hopefully everyone will be proud of it at the end. Yeah. No, I think, but I think that's a whole, it's a whole mindset and a vibe that you're, to your point, not everybody has that. And some folks, like you have one client, they, and they would just be like, oh, I need to know everything. And it's like, okay, then they, then they need to give you 7,000 edits. And then basically you're, for lack of a better term, you just turn into like uh, the hands of their ideas, and which is fine, right? So yeah. Sometimes, I mean, and sometimes those are the ones that could, you know, pay nicely. But sometimes if you're looking for that creative outlet to have that level of freedom is is rare. Like you're saying, have a huge wall like that. But it's when, when you have it, then you can just tell how much you appreciate it from your, you know, the tone of your voice and how you're talking about it. That you're just kind of going for it. And they're, they're just as excited as you are to see where it goes. Oh, totally, yeah. I think the only trade-off probably worth to me, like... <laughs> releasing some of that freedom and, and being willing to do a thousand edits would be the money's got to be pretty good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely, you, yeah, you didn't cause there, cause now there's so many outlets and there's ways to get things for, you know, good, bad, and, you know, get them for cheap and have people, you know, design this logo for $10. It's like, okay, well then like you get what you pay for. And so it's kind of, it's kind of bullshit, but, yeah, I think that uh, so. And it destroys the freelance industry. Like it destroys our way of being able to justify our our rates. If you can just go on to you know some of these, I'm not gonna yeah, name yeah names, don't say I, I I chose not <laughs> to name them by choice. I would do do not yeah. we'll edit. We very do very little editing. I would edit the shit out of that. I put <laughs> I put like one of those like like uh, club beat like foghorns like right over. It. Yeah, it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, do, do, do. Yeah, because I and because yeah, I've been in meetings. Other for, illustrators for, know what we're talking about too. So, like, if you're in the industry and you're doing freelance, you know the the companies that are sort of uh, destroying our ability to um, justify why we need to be paid what we're being paid. Right, and I'll I'll get on a quick high horse here, and then you push me off. But if you're list like if you're listening to this, like folks, like there's a lot of these places that'll say oh i can get this for super cheap get this for that but and, and that's why you'll see all these different artists and designers having to come up with these storyboards and ideas explaining 
you know, not to take work for, for shitty money. The whole E is for exposure mm-hmm. bullshit. Like there's just a lot of people yeah. that are just like, okay. And I've heard it even in, I've heard it in this industry that they'll be like, well, I only have a hundred bucks or they'll, pro- they'll like, and then you do somebody a favor and then they'll tell all their friends about the favor price. And then it's like, okay, then that's not really a favor. You just fucked me over for <laughs> 10 more jobs. Yeah. I took this job with you because I believed it and we're trying to do something together. That doesn't mean, you know, you, that's like, okay, you buy me a beer one time, right? I might come to your bar, your your brewery, and you you pick up my tab, whatever. I don't go around telling my friends that you, everyone drinks for free at, you know, at Joe's Pub, right? Like, he's just like, right. that's not how it works. So, so yeah, don't be assholes, folks. You know, people working really hard, you know. That's why, I think that's why I like the comps and people showing the process because then you can't just be like, oh, I just magically created this huge thing. You know, people are like, in a way, it's kind of like a, you know, smacking someone on the forehead and saying like, hey, this is hours of work just because you like the final piece doesn't mean it was just like, you know, hey, Siri, draw me a, you know, a landscape type thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I actually, I try and be really diligent about explaining this to new clients. And I have like a pricing sheet that goes through of like, this is why it costs this much. If you want to talk about it, happy to talk about it. But also it's not, I'm not really gonna, I'm tired and and I'm too old to <laughs> be, you know, sacrificing what I think something's worth, worth just to work with a certain person. Like it's not, like you said, unless you know someone and they're really close friends and you're doing this thing together, then, then I'm willing to do it. But otherwise I'm just like, yep, this is what it costs. Uh, I can recommend three other people you can also ask, but they're probably going to say the same thing. And uh, yeah, let's, I mean, if you want to do it, let's do it. You, you get what you pay for. It's, how it goes in every industry and I, I yeah. don't think this one's any different yeah i agree and i think that uh and the folks out there in this industry that are doing that i'm going to find you and we're going to put you on blast I find <laughs> well because we recently did a show and um you know we do kind of like an art show su- supporting the beer like beer designers and we use that as again we use beer as a very loose way just to connect with cool people and i was talking to someone about how they get paid like i never asked that question on here because i just don't want to a, have somebody feel shitty about what their, their worth is and have this, like, ranking system. But some folks have talked to me offline, and it's disheartening to, to find stuff out that they – or they'll get agreed to, you know, look at these cool projects and, like, I only have, like – I just always envision, like, somebody grabbing going in their jean pocket and be like, I just have this many dollars. What can we get? And it's like – that's like a kid in a candy store type thing. You can get, like, two lollipops and a box of Mike and Ike's, but, like, that's not <laughs> – that doesn't keep the heat light, lights on and, and shit like that. Just because something's creative and you can't grab it all the time doesn't mean it does a lot of hard work and thought goes into it. Yeah, I totally agree. Don't be assholes and we're going to move on. So now that we have uh, done that and I think that we've done a good service, it's a good way to for 2020. Um, can you? How would you describe your style? Because I do like the fact that you said before, you know, kind of your, your stained glass uh, – kind of story that you're all that you're all all over the place in the nicest of ways how would you describe your your process or your style you know what's uh what's going on behind the scenes to to bring all these you know bring your your work to life yeah totally um i think beyond uh just you know a love for drawing like obsessed with drawing most of my entire life if i'm not you know outside with friends or like participating in a sport, I'm fucking drawing, I'm sitting, I'm drinking, I'm drawing, I'm, you know, writing emails, I'm drawing, uh, <laughs> even though that doesn't always 
yield the best results. That's that's amazing. um, Yeah. Email drawing. That's a new one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you done, we, we did a drink, we did a drink and draw in Chicago. Sorry to interrupt, which is one of my pet peeves I should never do, but we should definitely, uh, we should do a drink and draw in, uh, in, in New York one time. Absolutely. I'm actually about to, my, one of my best friends is an illustrator. Uh, we met in high school. Shout out Molly Snee. She's uh, awesome. But she was just in town and we're going to host uh, a drink and draw at Rockaway um, on January 9th, I believe is the day, the Thursday before the Society of Illustrators show. Uh, so hopefully anyone in town for that like event and wants to come drink and draw at the brewery can come through. But um, yeah, so drawing is a huge part of my process. And I, got, I fell in love with screen printing when I was, in, uh, when I was at Pratt. Um, and I think that that has totally carried over into all of my other work of just about the way you have to think about a piece that you're going to screen print and how things overlap and interact. I think that still can be found in the, the work that I'm doing. Um, line drawings are a big part of where I start, but recently I've been trying to think more in shapes rather than in line. And it's changing my work in a really, I think positive and, and like a mature way. So instead of, of just, you know, making a line drawing and then filling it in, which is how I've worked in the past. Um, I'm trying to think more of like big shapes of color that interact that we can then put a line over, which is very much like a screen print, right? So uh, I think that's like a fastest way to describe the style that I'm working in. Um, I love really, really bright colors. I try not to use cyan in every single piece, but uh, somewhere between teal and cyan is like my happy place. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's one. Yeah. The, the one I think of, like uh, a matter of timing. That's a really like shape heavy one you did. That, that kind of uh, you can see that in your in your work. One of those labels. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up because that's literally the the point in time when I was like. Uh, actually back to my, my friend Molly, we were drawing together and both um, having a hard time with the project we were working on. And I, told, she said, maybe think about this one in shape and I'll think about what I'm doing in line and we swapped. And so matter of timing, double IPA, that label is the product of that shift in thinking. And um, I'm really excited to see like how using the, that process of thinking and what I already can do and know I'm good at, like what that overlap looks like. That's a, it's a matter of timing. It's a perfect label name for it too. It's a, <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect label yeah. name for it too. Yeah. We just, uh, recently interviewed, uh, Nick Robleski. He's a woodcutter out of, he's in Minnesota. He does wood carvings and kind of, it's, it's in line with the, the screen printing love that you're talking about, but it's amazing. Sometimes he, you know, he'll have seven or 10, cuts that are different you know layers in this one wood piece that he's you know pressing and then you know printing it's it's it was pretty mind it was pretty mind-blowing to to really hear about the process so yeah i've uh through this i've have as somebody who collects gig posters and what have you really like screen printing it's it's been amazing to really learn and see see it you know i haven't seen it in person but just i've been going down the interwebs and look at different videos and some folks do time lapses because it's such a time intensive process. It's just, it just gives like when I look at the ones I had that I know were screen printed, I just look at them. I look at things completely differently now. And it's like, Holy shit. Like that is amazing. And then to be able to think like that, you know, it has, it's like, 
matrix style of separation when I look at it. You know, all the colors and each one, st- you know, stand out to me. It's, um, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. Absolutely, and I like the guy that taught me the screen print. I'm trying to remember his name at this moment. Uh, he goes by Wolfbat. That's how he makes work. He does like hundreds and hundreds of layers in one screen print and they and like at huge scales and it's just like incredible work and he also employs it to do a lot of sculpture too and so I think that that was really uh, informative for me at school um yeah and then I guess also part of my process is procrastination it's like a huge part of the process just like putting off work giving myself space to ruminate, but then also I do like, I'm fueled by that rush of like, okay, you've waited this long to do this thing and it's due now. So what are we doing with it? Sort of like in the the time that in between, hopefully I give myself enough space and relaxation to figure out what the thing's going to be. Yeah, we get that a lot. So some folks are like, well, I have a week to do this, but the best work I do is the 48 hours before when I'm like, holy crap. But, um, yeah. all, right. all right. So with that, cause that goes into timing and, and project management. What's, uh, let's, let's learn what's the, how did you come to connect with Rockaway? You know, how did that, how did that become to be? And we are back. What do you think folks? You're listening to episode 142. Featuring Rimey, Rockaway Brewing Company, 16-ounce canvas, doing what we do. See, I like your story. I like your energy. I like just how things came to be. We're leaving right a little cliffhanger, how she came to team up with Rockaway. We'll get to that. It's a great story. Kind of brings everything together. Kick-ass grandma, World War II vet, teaching stained glass. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Just some good shit right there. And I and if you've listened to the podcast before, you you do realize that I do I do tend to go on some rants here and there, and you know sometimes they're natural, sometimes they're forced, but they're always important. And I think, which is crazy, it kind of uh, when we recorded this, I didn't really have anything, you know, anything particular happen to me. I heard a lot of crazy stories and, and what have, but it was almost as if like it was just meant to be. I had somebody reach out and they were saying that they're trying to do some, some creative stuff and they wanted to, you know, they were looking to work with some artists and designers and we're really always open to that. You know, if you're looking to do a project or whatever, you know, we've had no problem. We connected. Uh, Ryan, uh, you know, with uh, Short Throw with uh, 12%. You know, he's doing some killer labels over there. And we've connected a few other folks. Um, you know, Lisa Sotero with Voracious. And we really like doing that. You know, we're going to look maybe next year or this year, excuse me, um, to maybe do some consulting. But we got someone reaching out recently. We're just talking about kind of uh, ruining the, you know, the rates and what have you. And just they asked me for... They basically wanted me to put together an online portfolio of all the all, all these artists. They didn't tell me what the artists were. They didn't tell me what the products were. They didn't tell me how much I wanted to spend. But they wanted me to go and create an online portfolio 
of all the artists, all their work, their contact information, so they can reach out to them at any time. So I just nicely asked them if they're looking for me to be some sort of like consultant or kind of like a creative director, headhunter type of a thing. And again, I asked numerous times what, what budget was. Hey, what budget? What are you looking for? You know, is, this, is this merch? Is this um, you know a whole campaign, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I mean, I nicely got to tell them, you know, without telling them that, that this wasn't really a good use of my time. You know, I just said, hey, we give a lot of uh, information. You know, we, we put out the artists there. We're really supportive. We, you know, we have a great network of, you know, artists and designers. A lot of them we become friends with. I'm more than happy if you have somebody in mind, either make the introduction or, you know, what have you. I'm not trying to, you know, resell selling shit, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I got to value my time also. But it was just kind of... Uh, Re-listening to this episode, you know, that, this interview a few times this week as we edited and got ready for this, uh, it was just kind of uh, ironic and uh, unfortunate to have that kind of uh, firsthand experience, but it was just like, I, I thought I was crazy. It was just the thing that I was being asked to do, you know, was, yeah, you know, it was just kind of, uh, it was unfortunate, but explain myself try not to be i was trying not to be rude and you kind of found a you know heavy medium and uh just explained that you know that wasn't going to happen but uh if there's someone specific to, to please reach out i'd be more than happy to, to put somebody in touch so you never know uh, but it's just uh value people's time be respectful treat them how you want to be treated and you know it makes the world a better place so with that said, this episode is a good one. It's episode 142. It is Rymie, R-Y-M-I-E, on Instagram, Lauren-Rymer, R-Y-M-E-R.com is the website, Rockaway Bruco, RockawayBruco.com. Let's just get back into it. Let's just, yeah, let's just jump back in and find out how they connected, how it all came to be. I know. Do you know? Well, you're going to find out right now. Let's... Let's learn what's the, how did you come to connect with Rockaway? You know, how did that, how did that become to be? Yeah, totally. Um, it's kind of a funny, well, it's kind of a meet cute, if you will. Um, I, let's see, I was living in Sunnyside, Queens, which was, uh, just a lovely little neighborhood. I've, I've probably moved around the city like 20 times since I've been here. Um, and that was the one and only time I lived in Queens, but I, took a dog walking gig just in my spare time to keep the rent going. Um, I left a full-time job at a stationary company in Brooklyn when I moved to Sunnyside and I was just going to dive back into doing freelance because my life has sort of been all about like, okay, well, I know freelance is where I'm going to end up, but I also know that I have to pay rent. <laughs> so dog walking was just like supplemental income and I would pass the brewery like once a day, every day for probably three months before I went in. Um, and there's this gallery across the street called the Plaxel Gallery. And they do a, a drink and draw, actually, figure drawing on Thursdays. And um, one Thursday, I was just, I was there, kind of wasn't really feeling the model. No offense to the model, I'd just drawn that person before. And I decided that I also wanted to have a better beer than like a Bud Light. So I went across the street and I uh, sat down at Rockaway. It was a Thursday night, which is kind of funny because now I bartend on Thursday nights there. Um, but yeah, I just sat down. I was drawing people. 
some of the regulars came up to me and talked to me about it. And I was just like, I really like the energy of this place. And um, <laughs> I, what someone asked me like, oh yeah, why haven't you been here before? Like, do you like this place? And I was like, it's great. I think they need a cute girl behind the bar, but I think it's great. And then they're like, it's funny that you say that because um, we're actually, they're, they're looking to hire and I can put you in touch with Davey, who's no longer at the brewery. He's in Colorado doing some stuff for Avery now. But um, yeah, I, uh, so then I started bartending for Rockaway. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really beautiful when you feel like you've met people that are your people. Um, I think Rockaway is a brand that is built on right brain thinkers and also guys that are just like, we don't have it. We can build it. Like let's do this ourselves kind of a thing. Um, and that totally vibes with me. Uh, the brewer at the time that gave me the first shout out to the owners to do a label was Ray Gerard, who's now at, um, he's up at Yonkers doing some brewing with them. Um, it's funny too, everyone at Rockaway kind of moves around and comes back and uh, it's very, um, there's a lot of flow involved in that, that company, but yeah. Um, and then my, the owners, Ethan and Marcus just took a huge leap in letting me do Hawaiian pizza was actually the first label I ever did with them. And, uh, it happens to be their most popular beer. So I see that label like at least four times a year now. And, you know, it's funny because uh, with art, we're never quite finished, right? It's just like suddenly there's a deadline and now it's finished. I feel that, that way entirely. So every time I see Hawaiian pizza now, <laughs> I'm proud of it, but I also kind of get a little twinge of like, huh, when can we revamp this guy? Because he's two years old now and I would change a lot of things learned a lot but um yeah I think now I'm like an integral part of the brand those people are my family and I really do I really do love what we're doing and I think I believe in the collaboration behind all of it it's it's really kind of special that's that's awesome I mean you do you put <laughs> pineapple on your pizza yeah the do I put pineapple on my pizza yeah yeah of, of course do? I don't ever order it but as a child, it was my favorite thing ever. Wow. I don't think I've ever been anywhere where anyone ordered it, but it's always like this intrigue. Like I, w I would definitely, I'm not anti. People are very passionate about the, yeah. uh, that. But Oh, yeah. I think it's kind of like the fish conversation, right? It's like you either love fish or you, you don't get it. And I think it's, you either love uh, Hawaiian pizza or you can't understand why anyone would put fruit on a pizza. I'm I'm pretty open minded. I mean, as long as I have a texture <laughs> problem, so as long as it doesn't taste like feel weird, I'd be you know I'd be fine with it. And especially, but I I do love the fact that now that the most popular one is the one that you did, and now you every time you see it, to your point, you're just like, oh, I could tweak this, I could add that, because that's the one thing I love is I I like to find out like how does artists know when the when work is done. And a lot of times it's kind of like okay, there's a deadline here, you know, and if if it was infinite, you could work on it forever and find ways to add to it or evolve. And who knows right now with your focus on shapes, you might take that in a totally different direction, which, you know, so maybe they'll do like a Hawaiian really? pizza variant or something like that and or do like a special release and you can kind of get a crack at it. Or when they all listen to this, they'll be like, Oh, maybe we can revamp it or see where we go with it. Oh, I mean, yeah, we did. And then one of my other favorite labels that came out of it was the um, Hawaiian double pizza and that's the one, if 
anyone's seen it with uh, the four pigs kind of in this very like trippy, um, I don't, I wouldn't call it a landscape. They're just like in a bit of purple swirliness and they're all kind of like hailing to the logo in the center. But, um, yeah, so that's a revamp of Hawaiian pizza that I think is pretty successful and would like to do more of that. Well, makes you want to have some pizza, but no, I love the fact that, yeah, it just, it evolved really organically. And the fact that you just happened to be there and you were just being, like you were saying before, you were just being yourself and doing what you love. And you kind of evolved from, you know, having to walk dogs every day to having a, having a job <laughs> yeah, and not drinking shitty beer to, you know, somewhere, somewhere you work now. Now, how does, the, how is the process new? So we have you know new beers coming, coming up soon. How, how much time are they giving you? They're going to hear this and hear you that you like to procrastinate. And they're going to give you less time now. Um, but how, how does that process work for you in, in working with them? Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. I'm not going to lie. And they all know it. Um, shout out Ethan and Marcus and Ian. They all, <laughs> we've all kind of just been on this ride together. Um, when I started, when I started, it was very last minute. It was very like, shit, we suddenly need this thing. And I've had, there've been times when I've had two months to do one. There've been times that I've had like three hours to do one, um, which is not ideal, but I also think that really interesting stuff comes out of those, those times too. But currently um, we have uh, Ian Smith or AKA Chuck, my, my best cohort and friend at the brewery. He's in the, he's in the back of house now. So he's brewing and really running the schedule so he and I are back and forth about what beers are coming up so he'll give me tries to give me at least three weeks and then most of the time we don't have a name honestly just straight up don't have one yet and but we go we kind of have a feeling of what we want it to be and what we want it to feel like and then I will if I have time I'll produce two really different variant variations of like uh sketches but um if not we just go down with what i uh whatever i'm feeling is the right thing for this which i'm incredibly lucky to have too it's like the amount of freedom i have to do this stuff i get very little feedback in terms of like we need this to change um unless i ask for it and i'm like i really need someone to look at this and tell me what's wrong with it you know right now i and then I uh, I'm doing everything on the iPad. So. Oh, dude, thank you. That was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think when I first graduated from Pratt in you know, 2013 or whatever, we didn't have these fancy tools. <laughs> we were really close to having them, but we didn't quite have them. So I was using, um, I would make line drawings, scan them in, and then do all the coloring in Photoshop. And this, uh, you know, Procreate sort of takes that step out of it and I can just start and finish on the iPad. I'm also doing a lot of editorials now too. And it's really nice to just be able to shoot off a sketch and then immediately start drawing it um, and finish that up too. Cause those are often like day turnaround, stuff like that. So. Now earlier you said uh, you, you referenced, you referenced being old and then you just said you graduated in 2013 and I didn't have these tools. Now <laughs> I'm in my forties. And so you get I me, mean, we're, I feel like you're talking to, you think I was like chiseling things out of stone when I was starting to do Yeah. But it's all good. I mean, I, I feel like an old soul 
totally. That um, is, yeah, that is yeah, your tagline, right? An old soul uh, sticking to a new script. So I, I do like that. So that's uh, that's pretty. That's pretty one. The more badass taglines we've uh, we've seen for somebody. So I got to give you that. Oh, thank you. Um, I th- I can't take credit for it. It's actually uh, the lyric in an Earl Sweatshirt song. So. See, and then that's another thing I noticed. <laughs> the artists art because we've interviewed a few like some breweries or have you know certain folks do certain labels and other ones and i'm like oh, i really like this one and well that was that was so-and-so or they did this or i didn't do the logo i do i do appreciate that uh where people kind of give the give the nod it's still you curated it right and still it's still it still fits uh still fits for you so it's good we'll still give yeah. you the give you the credit now you literally create murals that are massive size and you create these small little can you know can uh labels is do you have a preference is it is it was it harder for you at first to kind of shrink down your your creativeness or is the is the the tools allow you to kind of think big but you just shrink it down like how 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 are you do you have a preference that's a good question um you said that twice you said that twice and i really appreciate that i don't really get that a lot people don't really say i'm a good question so i I, i'm gonna like repeat those like (laughs) That with the club horn, we're just gonna make like a remix of you just saying all these like nice things. So I appreciate it. No, totally. That's it. I mean, listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, sometimes the host doesn't always have the best questions. Sometimes the host is sort of steering things more towards themselves, and uh, you know, that can be fun, but um, we have no agenda here. Yeah, we have no agenda here. We have no, yeah, so that's the key. It's really to focus on you. Early on, if you listen, I, I talk over people, so I, I try not to interrupt. Uh, I, I definitely feel there's a few guests I'd like to ask back because I probably ruined a good story to, to try to be funny with a dad joke. And so, yeah, I appreciate it. So you were saying, um, back to you. So. Oh, that question has, like, there's a good story that sort of links that question. Or maybe it doesn't answer the question, but I I think it's an interesting story nonetheless. Um so in going back to Hawaiian pizza, it being the first label that I did with Rockaway, um, I really didn't have an idea of how to do packaging design. Um, I hit up Tim Skirvin from The Veil. He's like one of the sweetest, nicest, most generous people and amazing artists. I'm pretty sure you guys had him on. Yeah, he's one of our early, he was one of our, yeah, he's one of our OGs. Like early on, he was one of the first ones. We we, yeah. went through, we were in Vale. We did it in person at the brewery. It was really cool, and it's been fun to follow awesome. along with him. And I don't know. I, I've got my first tattoo. I mean, Part of me wants to like, ah, oh, Tim, I would like to get one of your tattoos, but I don't know. I've, I haven't done that yet. Oh, he tattooed a huge piece on my arm. I highly recommend going to him because he's also just like incredibly gentle and didn't even feel like two hours went by. I didn't even feel like that, but um. I hit him up when they had me doing this label and I asked him for, you know, just brief advice. I also asked him like what he charges, which was helpful for me to just like know what the ballpark quote would be. Um, he was super transparent and helpful about that. But so I did like a million sketches for this thing. It's funny now that I, I had so many ideas for that one. And, and lately I've just been going with the first thing that comes to mind. But one of those was to do is like pizza goddess. Uh, this like half naked lady sitting in between um, uh, these boars that she was sort of levitating in between her hands. Right. And uh, I was really excited about it, but I also don't think it was the right time because it was (laughs) shortly after all the me too stuff came out. And I think 
the two owners of Rockway Brewing Company are, um, you know, successful white guys that are, weren't super uh, thrilled at the time about maybe doing that label. So, and I got it. I totally respected it. They loved it, but we just probably couldn't do it or shouldn't do it for that beer at the time. So I kind of sat on that piece. And last year, um, these wonderful ladies at um, a studio in Bushwick hit me up because their very good neighbor and friend uh, at Arrogant Swine, this barbecue place, needed a mural done that was about 35 feet by 15 feet. And I ended up doing that label, that, that piece that never got used of the, like the goddess in between the two pigs. And it just made so much more sense at that scale and for that company. So I think that to go back and answer your question, I don't really have a preference of what size I'm doing things on. I mean, I'm a little bit narcissistic and I love to see like the work really big um, because it's just like it lives at a different, just has a different life at that scale. But sometimes something that wasn't right for a label can be blown up and put on a wall. I don't think it could go backwards though. I don't think I could take a, <laughs> a mural design and put it on a beer can. Although who knows, maybe in the future. I, yeah, I love the fact that you said like, you're like, completely honest how you love the fact that you've just seen your work to that size. And I think that's, that's what's always amazing to me is just a, the getting it done. I just, I, the process to me, but yeah. That's a great, you know, I think it's a great story. And I, 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 I that's why I love murals. I, a, because I think it's just, it's really great to just be like, okay, you can play on this massive scale and to find ways to get it done. It's still able to, with huger strokes and, you know, different textures to be able to still represent your style in a, in a unique way is, uh, is what I, what I really like to see. And I think the, probably the only way that your mural work would be able to like, replicated to a can is almost like taking a photo of it and then shrinking it down. I think it would, it'd still be hard. We've seen folks do that where they just kind of do the art and then the a graphic folk will kind of tweak it and what have you. But it's, uh, yeah, it's tough, I think, especially because when you shrink it down, you lose some of the, the intimate and like intricate details. Totally. Um, yeah. And in each mural project really does have its own set of problems, right? Because I think that, um, I've been fortunate enough to do like four or five now. Um, and I always go into it or not always, but in recent, the more recent projects I've gone into it feeling like I know what to expect. And then you can just get totally thrown off by a whole day just because, you know, the weather does something or you don't have the key to the, the gate that you were supposed to have open or like you can't borrow the scaffolding. It's just like, <laughs> there's so many things that can get in the way of, of those things happening. Um, but when it all comes together and, and you stand back and get to look at it or you have people sending you pictures of themselves in front of it, it's yeah. kind of a it's an amazing thing. Now you, I just, and I just thought of this, but you probably have to like, you have to be checking the weather patterns too, right? That's like a weird thing you don't think about, right? How it's going how the weather. Oh yeah. And how that's going to go. That's kind of, yeah, I never, like I, I literally just thought of that. Like the fact you have to be like, Oh, it might, it might rain today or I'm going to be freezing and how my hands can be able to like feel them like logistics like that. Yeah. That's totally why I've taken a big pause on the, uh, the mural that I'm currently finishing. Yeah, up it's for fucking Rockaway. cold around here. Yeah, it's been cold in the Northeast. Yeah. I can, I can't, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 
to that to that point, there's this there's several companies in Brooklyn that do this for a living. Like they're doing advertisements that are hand painted murals, and they're doing it year round in like frigid temperatures. And I've seen them out there in the rain, so I don't know what their secrets are, and I don't think they want anyone else to know. But there's definitely some way to do it. Yeah, I, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, if you know and you want to tell us, you're listening, and you don't want it to be public knowledge, just shoot us a line. I mean, I think both of us would be kind of just curious because. That's yeah, that's amazing. They have special glow. I don't know. There's a lot of shit going on there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Now, being somebody who lives in a, a great area for beer, are you a you're a beer drinker, obviously. That's how part of your story, how you made the decision to, to literally walk across the road to the brewery. Um, what kind of what kind of beers are you into? What's what styles are you drinking? What, what what's uh you know, what's on tap, especially as the bartender? What like what do you recommend it? I, I roll into Rockaway, what do you recommend it for? Hey, this is my first time here, what would you recommend? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's funny. I became a beer drinker only shortly before uh, applying to the bartending job. And it really was a fake it till you make it kind of a thing in that interview where <laughs> Davey was pouring me out tasters and he was doing it blindly. And I just had to like read the menu and tell him what I thought it was. And I, I mean, I guess it went well because I, he hired me, but um, I've gone, yeah, I've definitely swung I used to just love the really fruit forward um, New England style IPAs, but I've really swung back the other way, just I think from fatigue. Um, but if you were to walk into Rockaway today and ask me, I think the ESB, the original, um, it's just a beer that is, it's probably the reason I work there. It's incredible. It's just a really great tasting ale. Um, and nobody does it. And it's funny, everyone kind of jokes about, everyone internally jokes about how we really um, hitched our wagon to the ESB and, and this English style ale that who knew that IPAs would rule the world one day, but um, I think it's swinging backwards the other way. I also love a sour beer. If you have a sour beer on your menu, I'm probably going to drink two of them. So. <laughs> yeah. One to see if you like it and then two to confirm. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. And I, I really like the, the hazies when they're done right, but that's the other thing. It's just, I feel with the boom, it's just thrown onto a lot of stuff and it doesn't taste juicy and it's probably more traditional IPA, which I like just as much with the bitterness and all that. But yeah. I have found through interviews and being more involved, like stopping by more breweries to meet folks and just kind of through this project that I've, I, I'm leaning more towards back towards like the Pilsners and the Lagers because um, A, it's hard to drink, you know, eight eight to 10% plus beers and, you know, and be a functional human. Um, and so exactly. it's nice to see like what can be done and not have it be so ABB, ABB, ABV heavy. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Yeah. I mean, I'm a proud lightweight, so I stay away from the high ABVs. Um, yeah. And my, my person, my partner, uh, he loves a lager, loves a Pilsner, loves a beer that like basically is close to water as he can get. So, He's really uh, sort of put my palate onto that. Uh, and I think if your brewery can do a good lager, then you're, you're gold, in my opinion. Right. That's the thing we've learned, and that's like makes me seem like I know what I'm talking about, kind of your fake it thing, is that, um, <laughs> is that in talking to different folks, that really making a good lager and a good pilsner is one of the least forgiving uh, beers to make, that you can't just – and it's no, it's no dig to the folks who do it, but you can't just say, okay, we're going to – double or triple hop this or add this weird you know thing at the end to to salvage the 
the batch, you really it takes longer and it's harder to do. And so when it comes out, it's just it's just not as it's not much appreciated by the the normal folks. But it's like okay, people are like I like Miller Lite, and it's like okay, you like a Pilsner. Here's a Pilsner that has actually flavor. You know, again, we're not trying to get into battle with uh, the the big boys because um, we have no budget for for legal here. But it's just yeah, I think it's just yeah. really important. Is that's what I always say to somebody. I said if you tell me what you like to drink, regardless of beer, whatever it is, I can find you a beer in probably four or five tries. I can't promise. I'm not Rain Man. I can't make it happen right away, but we'll definitely find that. And it's been good. I've 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 turned a couple of folks on to to they don't like all beers or IPAs, but you know there are there's so many great flavors out there. It's it's uh it's fun to fun to fun to try that. Yeah, totally. I think beer really is like uh, it's our new, at least in New York City, I'd say. Um, it's such a community and it's such a thing that you do with your community. It's kind of like the closest thing we have to church at this point of like everyone's at the brewery on Sunday instead of being in, you know, regardless of your religion or what your beliefs are. I think that like breweries have sort of weirdly replaced uh, a place like church for community and, and coming find your people. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's important, and you know, there's all these different initiatives to try to make them you know as inclusive and representative of the communities, not just you know, not just a bunch of uh, again, I'm probably pissing off a lot of people this episode, so I don't mean to, but bunch a bunch of bearded white dudes, you know, I think it's been it's been a lot more inclusive, you know, the you know the things like the Pink Boot Society and you know women, you know, women craft beer initiatives. I think they're they're it's just really important because I think there was a definitely a huge period of time where it was very. Uh, uh, I don't know, intimidating, I guess, or, or deliberate. You know, it was kind of like a boys' club, and it's, I'm glad. I'm glad to see it's changing. You know, for for all, regardless of you know, gender, orientation, race, etc. So yeah, I like that idea. I like your 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 church analogy. I would go to church a lot more if it was like that. <laughs> I'm trying to do that with the labels for Rockaway too. Um, like I tend to draw things, or at least figures and humans uh, that are more ambiguous um, in terms of gender, race, whatever. Um, and I think that Rockaway has really let me do that in a way that's beautiful. And they want to be a space that includes everyone, a brand that includes everyone. So to just, I mean, to have that on the packaging, it's, it's like another way of inviting other people into something that they might not uh, readily walk into otherwise. Yeah, I think it, again. I, I think every part of this is is a decision that's being made by the brewery to align with someone like yourself and to to have the labels have that. It says it's just especially like you were saying before. There's so many breweries now that where I spend my dollars. You know, I don't, I don't have a lot of them, but what I have, if I'm going to have yeah. two beers, there, if there's a choice of someone I think is going to, I see does you know work with a nonprofit or does community work or donates even 1% of the proceeds to something like they stand for something, whatever that is. And there's a lot of things to stand for now and it's important. So, uh, I mean, I, I have yet to beat a Rockaway. I, I'm looking forward to coming to visit, but yeah, I want to publicly recognize them for that. I think it's important and I appreciate what you're doing as well. I think it's just, it's a, it's an opportunity, you know, we all have to use our platforms for, for how we see fit. And that's a, um, that's a great choice that you're, you're making. Yeah, thank you. I think the two, the tap room at the beach of Rockaway. I don't know which one you want to come visit. We 
we uh, would love to have you at either. But um, the beach tap room is really, it's a really interesting place for um, um, a community that is polarized or has been polarized in the past and having people come together at the brewery and uh, enjoy craft beer in a way that they probably never would have had that not been there. Um, yeah, the beach is a really special place. I mean, Long Island City location is obviously the flagship and it's the first brewery in Queens and it has all these other things and accolades that, um, and reasons to go visit, but the beach uh, is doing something in a community that's I think really needed. Well, then we will uh, we'll, we'll try to take the beach off. Is that we is that we were slinging beers on Thursdays? No, I sling beers in Long Island City on Thursdays. Um, I live uh, right like ten minute bike ride away from the Long Island City Brewery. In the summer, there's actually a bus on Saturdays that goes from the Long Island City Brewery to the beach and back, which is uh, was a huge hit last year. The Brew Cruiser. Um, because you can drink on the bus, a, and then you get to free ride to the beach, probably the fastest way to get to the beach, aside from driving your own car, and then you can't really get drunk. <laughs> so it's been a, like the community has really loved the the brew cruiser, but obviously that's only going from when the beach is open. So uh, awesome. yeah, I'm in I'm in Long Island City on Thursdays. All right, our last uh, actually we'll go with two questions. So one is a. A nerdy technical question, then one's a fun question. So we'll go with the nerdy one first. <clears throat> when you're <laughs> creating your files, do you have a specific naming convention that you utilize? Um, <laughs> I should. I I mean, I do typically. I export something as whatever the client is, and then the name for the project, if there's multiple projects for that client, and then the date. And I usually toss my name in there too, just in case I'm sending it off to someone and they need it for their own, you know, organizational purposes. Okay. Do you, do you use spaces? Please say no, please. I don't use spaces. I use uh, the camelback underscores. Okay. I use those. Yeah. Okay. Or dots. A dot is a good way to divide something up. Okay. Yeah. I was, yeah. All right. Good. That works. Now we're always just curious. I, cause I always feel like I, name things really weird like you said like the client underscore then the name of the project i do and then i always put my initials in there just i don't, I don't know why i'm not doing anything where i'm worried like someone's gonna take it but uh then i yeah then i put the version uh and i do the date i do it like european style i don't know why i just think it looks cooler like a visually thing and then if it's multiple words i do the capitalizing every new word oh yeah I was uh, briefly in-house with um, Revolver NYC, which is a branding firm that does some amazing work for niche um, luxury, like hotel brands and restaurants. And they had a whole, they had a naming convention that was like off the chain and it took me a little while to learn it. But yeah, I think it's, it's a lot about um, just staying organized as a, especially when you're a group of creatives working together, that you gotta be organized. I'm, I'm, have my own system where it's kind of like this is my mess and I know where everything in my mess is but anyone else coming into my mess won't be able to find it yeah I just yeah I do I found that the the better the naming convention is when I try to search for stuff I think it's more like a self uh self-preservation technique more than anything if I if it's in there because then I try I try to be good with the folders and it goes well for like three month periods and then everything's dumped into a main it just yeah so 
And I use, oh, whip. Yeah, I use like... whip to like work in progress, which I don't know. I think everything I'm doing is a whip. So who knows? We're all whips, really, in the grand scheme of things. Wow. <laughs> deep, deep thoughts with Rhymey. That's a good, good finisher right there. Yeah, that's that's your own right there. That's not a song lyric, right? No, that is my own. Yeah. All right, uh, but I think there are some other really interesting uh, creatives out there that probably think the same way. It's just like we're all on a journey of progress and not finished. Yeah, as a man who can actually say he's old, unlike unlike old souls. Like, uh, yeah, I feel that um, I'm always I'm who I was, you know, 2019 was, a, was a, wasn't a, a highlight real year, but you know, 2020 is going to be greater, you know, better and it's going to evolve. But without that shitty year, you know, I don't think you could have another great, you know, the greatness is comparable to, you know, what does, what does not kill us only makes us stronger type of a, type of a perception. Yeah. I think too, for myself, I try and really recognize like, um, there have been key points in my life or when I've done work for clients that are just like, I feel like as though I'm supposed to be here and I know that this is sort of supposed to how it's, this is how it's going to work out. I just kind of know it in my body. I know that sounds crazy, but um, Rockwood was one of those things of just like, this feels really right. And I think that this could also like even that first interview when I was uh, just interviewing to bartend once a week, um, I felt like there's a lot of potential to do a lot of great art here too. And like, this makes sense to me um, for just where I am in my life and what I'm doing with my work. So yeah, it's part of your story. Lucked out that I was right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes the mistakes are just as important as the, you know, the successes. So either way it would have, it would have helped you evolve. Yeah, and you and you learn something from every job, right? I mean, that I worked the job I had that I left to go do freelance before Rockaway was this the stationery company that I had mentioned earlier. It was really a letterpress screen printing company, um, but I just had uh, I learned so much of what not to do next. That that like those mistakes in those two years are invaluable, really. Amen. Even though they were hard. Yeah, oh yeah, we are, that, that's a hard. that's a weird <laughs> common theme we have is uh uh is uh is like your shitty jobs are just are really important and a lot of times that comes up that people people learn a things that maybe now they look back on that help them, you know, process-wise or maybe just not who they want don't be like that other person. Like stuff like that is really important, yeah. so it's uh yeah, it comes up a lot. So all right, here's our last question. It's our fun question, and I'm curious what you're listening to with your noise canceling headphones. But uh, in my previous life, I was a, I was a d- DJ, not like a ones and twos, like a radio show. Um, but what type of music are you listening to, or what what do you what what what's the vibe like? What are you listening to when you're creating? Do you have a do you have a certain type of music playlist? I know you said podcasts. Give us give us a little insight into your into your your tastes. Totally. Um... I was actually just helping a friend set up their Apple music yesterday. And I told them when you go to set up Apple music, you have to go through and like choose all these genres and things so that the algorithm will send you the right stuff. And I think I remember doing mine and I just put in as long as LCD sound system is the primary like thing that the algorithm is going to work off of. 
Um, like James Murphy, Murphy is a literal God to me. Uh, but so aside from that, I also listen to a lot of hip hop. I actually have uh, chill hop summer 2017 on right now or had it on before we started this conversation. Um, but I, I pivot back and forth between music and podcasts because I think that there are times when I'm working, if I'm in a certain part of my process, I can sit and listen to a conversation and try and learn something while doing, you know, hours and hours of coloring or shading or something like that. But if I'm in the process of sketching and I really do like um, music that I can kind of zone out to and just get into a flow state. Uh, yeah, but definitely. Um, I've also been listening to a lot of like female rappers lately and uh, that is very empowering. <laughs> All right. Now we're, we're going to push on that. So give us a few, just give us a couple names of, you know, you're setting up your, your style and then, and then we'll let you go, but just get a few, this is self, this is a self-serving question, but I just, I love it. I'm sorry. Uh, just some, the, yeah, just some artists that you're, that you listen to. Like, what are they? Anyway, um, yeah. Aside LCD sound system, uh, I love Angel Olsen. All right. I think she's incredible. Um, that's, Dizzy Faye is a really dope, um, really young. I don't even know if I would call her a rapper. She's kind of like SZA um, in that she does sort of like modern R&B. Um, listen to a lot of I listen to a lot of older things as well like uh, I've been on a kick recently I'm actually just going to open up my iTunes and tell you what I just listened yeah, to yeah it's what I'm hoping for <laughs> I've been on a Stevie Wonder kick and oh Mitski god can't I can't go a day without listening to Mitski well, that's so cool um, uh, yeah uh, one of our uh, one of our previous guests turned us on to uh, to Mitski, and he he's I think he's based out of Connecticut. Yeah, or from originally from Connecticut. Yeah. What the artist? Yeah. Or the. Hmm. I mean, well, yeah, Mitski. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. She, she is oh, from LA. I thought. Oh, okay. Then someone else has a similar. A similar name. I will edit that out. So I don't want like a full. Just just so you know. No, it's okay. Um, Mitski, I saw her um, perform her whole uh, Be the Cowboy album uh, at the National in Richmond last spring, and it was like a life-changing concert because she does the whole album in a very performative, like, art piece kind of thing. Um, but yeah, she's definitely incredible. Also, if you're into rap, um, P.O.S is an incredible rapper i think that is just doing a lot of really like mindful political work um then there's like sylvian esso which is always on my playlist um also really love whitney the queen herself before queen b mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah all right so yeah i pivot between um like indie and Pop and R&B, definitely. Excellent. All right. Well, those are some good ones. That's that, I love. No, I love that because you're saying about feeding the algorithm. I, I I have no idea what the machine thinks I'm 
what kind of person I am. I don't think they can fit me into a uh, into a musical genre box. It definitely. So I, I love that. I love uh, messing with the, the Google machine and Spotify. I just uh, yeah, we gotta we have to do a little better job of organizing. I want to turn it into kind of like take everyone's requests and like everyone's favorites and make it into one huge channel playlist. But it's. When we say the royal we, oh, it's just myself. Awesome. Yeah, it's just me. So I always just there's things always go by the wayside. We'll add that to our our 2020 to do list because uh, that'd be fun. I think you can make collaborative playlists in, in Spotify. I don't think you can do it in Apple Music, but I think you could do it in Spotify. So if you had all the artists that had that you've previously had that wanted to contribute like one or two songs to a playlist, that could be cool. Ooh, that could be cool. All right, there we go. And we just collabed on ideas. So, all right, I'll uh, I'll look into that. Yeah, when we did, you know, we did a couple of events. We we went through like a you know first few few seasons and, and put something together, and it was a lot of fun. Or I always like curating a playlist, so well, that's something to work on. All right, well, Rami. I mean, I like any music that you can dance to. to yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Do a lot. Like, of, I do a lot of dancing. <laughs> all right. I think yeah. I definitely look forward to to hanging out uh, next time I'm in the city. I'll, I'll make sure to reach out, but. uh yeah, I could, I could, you're, you're a natural. So again, thanks to, to Dan and Earl for the recommendation. You're making me look, making me look good. You're just, uh, you're, you're an easy, easy, easy talk. And I appreciate all that you do. No, oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, please do come hang out. Uh, if you're in Island city, I'm happy to bounce over and drink beers with you anytime. All right. You- we should get Earl and Dan in on it too. We'll definitely do that. We will. Uh, we'll we'll heckle them. Here's what we'll do. We'll we will see if they listen. And so and then, if they listen, then they'll say, "Oh, we should get those ah. beers together." See, that's what we do. That's that's the move right there. So we'll see. Totally. Don't disappoint. Don't I'm disappoint sure us. Yeah. Don't disappoint us, you two. Well, actually, if you don't hear this, then then you've already disappointed us. So it's kind of a it's a it's a lose lose for you guys. But all right. So thanks I'll, so much. I'll tell, I'll tell them that they better DM yeah. me. I'll, yeah. I'll send a screenshot of whether or not they listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in your special chat. So tell them I said hello, and uh, if I don't talk to you, have a happy new year, and you know, thanks for all that you do. It's uh, been, it's been great to connect and learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, thank you so much, and happy Festivus, as that is today. <laughs> Krampus is in the house. Yep, we'll do it up. Yeah. yeah. Area of grievances will happen later on. All today. right, AJ. Cheers later, Remy. Cheers. Talk to you soon. There you have it, folks. Episode 142 is officially in the books, featuring Rimey, Rockaway Bruco, right here in the 16-ounce canvas. Want to give a quick thanks once again to Dan Earl for for the introduction, recommendation. It's just nice when people are able to do something out of the kindness of their heart. But hey, let's find out if they're actually listening to the to the episode. But one of the standout lines for me is we're all WIPs are all works in progress, and I think that's true. I think that how we see life, how we see each other, how we you know continue to evolve and be open to that, to the universe, what happens, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, I always say that you know for for you to realize what a great day it is or what a great thing it is, you've had you know you have had some bad days too. We don't celebrate those. We don't love them. You know, they they can suck, especially to what level they are, but. Those good days are just a little bit better. And there's going to be many, many, many good days. We're just in the middle of January. 
We are doing dry wary, so I want to give a quick plug and love to the crew over at Athletic Brewing Company, doing those delicious non-alcoholic beers, which are easy drinking. They have some brown ale, stouts, pilsners, IPAs, and so it's really cool to, to see them really push the barriers, you know, of the norms there. And it's definitely coming in handy, especially as they're part of the Connecticut brew scene. So we're uh, continuing to come up with new ideas for 2020. We've got a new one in the books that we're trying to iron out with some folks. That should be pretty cool. We're definitely uh, talking to the crew over at Philly Beer Co., talking with the Connecticut Brewers Guild, and uh, lots and lots of good stuff happening. So we thank you for that. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Looking forward to checking out the the Rockaway uh, Brew Co., more beers and 3Ds with friends. One of the resolutions is to, to drink alone less. And that sounds sad, but just by that, I mean, I think drinking and, you know, beers and collecting them and trading for them is a really a, so, a social thing. And so, you know, cracking a big bottle or something you really got in a trade that's, you know, sought after, it will taste a little bit better, even a lot better when you share that with some friends. So that's really the the goal with that it's not that I'm you know sitting back and you know drinking you know pints and bottles by myself but it is uh it is something that in this scene in this industry you have to be uh be self-aware about so we love it we're excited and uh we're definitely going to try to drink off the the cellar a lot more we always do a big Super Bowl party every year and that's where we just go cellar diving and let folks you know it's really cool because we have people who aren't really big, 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 big beer drinkers. Sorry for that. I got a little tripped up with the tongue and, you know, introduce them to different beers. And then you get folks, you know, some of my crew who's, uh, you know, on the different, different side of the spectrum who get a little aggressive and, you know, get in there. And so we do it up and, uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So things are good. 2020, you know, we'll, we'll keep you updated on some of the good news. Uh, some, some that we can't share yet, some that we'll be sharing soon, but we are excited. We can see clearly 2020 is going to be a great year, and it's just, uh, you know, you're a huge part of that. So I just want to always do what we do, and thank you for, for listening. Thank you for being supportive, and thank you for helping the Art of Craft Beer podcast continue to, you know, keep up with the momentum. We are a few followers away from 3,000 on Instagram. You know, we get thousands of uh, followers and listeners each week to these episodes, and it's just really cool to, to see what we've done and we'll continue to do. So if you're looking to sponsor, feel free to get in touch, aj at 16ozcanvas.com. And we thank you for listening. Remember, this has been episode 142 featuring the extremely talented Rymey, R-Y-M-E, on Instagram, lauren-rymer.com. And we thank you once again for checking us out. One of the cool taglines that Rami uses that we're keen to learn wasn't her own, but it's a damn good one. Old soul sticking to a new script. And that's what we do each week. We kind of, we take it, we try to find a new way to look at it, new way to celebrate these people, to celebrate their stories, their hard work, their passion, doing what they love, being good people, being inclusive. And just art makes the world a better place. And 2020 is going to be a better a better year. And tomorrow is going to be a better day. So until next time, have a great weekend. Stay warm if it's uh, if you're in the Northeast or places where the winter's kicking some ass. And uh, 
the spring will be upon us soon enough, my friends. So see you next week.